wonderful people welcome to church this morning we're just going to enter into a time of worship so if you'd like to stand and um let's worship god together as a family with everything we have Thank you. 
Father, we thank you for that wonderful declaration, I believe. Lord, we thank you for our faith in you and the insurance that, Lord, you are in us. And Lord, as we come together, we give you all the praise and all the glory. And everyone said, Amen. Fantastic. Why don't you give your neighbour a high five as you take a seat this morning? Great to see you. You're looking good. You're sounding good. And we give you a special welcome this morning. If this is your first or second time, g'day Chris at Activate, then a special welcome to you. As you leave the auditorium this morning, at the back of the auditorium there, you'll see a bed with some white packs, and she would love to give those to you. There you'll find some information about the church and the opportunity to leave some details with us. And also, there's a free coffee card, so you can enjoy a nice coffee or a hot cup of tea in the Crossover Cafe. So isn't that cool? So church, can we put our hands together to welcome our guests this morning? Fantastic. Well, who's had a birthday, wedding anniversary this week? Birthdays, wedding anniversaries? Truly no one? Okay, here's a double double bonus. Who's having a birthday or wedding anniversary next week? Okay, what about the week after? What about in the month of April? Surely there's some... Well, come on, come on. This is your double dip. <laughs> oh, this is good. We've never done this. We've never played it forward like this before, I don't think. So, well, congratulations. Yeah, very, very cool. So, when we see these guys get up again, we won't go, oh, you're double dipping. But hey, oh, stay here. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for you. you. You deserve to double dip. 25 years. Wow, that is really something. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, church, why don't we stand to our feet as we declare this prayer of blessing. And I love this prayer of blessing. Isn't it good to pray prayers of blessing over people? So here we go. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favor, prosperity, purpose and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name. Amen. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Very, very cool. Well, several highlights to share with you. Shortly, we're going to have a missions video. Uh, See the work that's happening in Europe, which is fantastic. Today is the last day to register for Girls' Day Out. So if you're 13 to 130, well, that's getting, getting up there, isn't it? Come along, it's going to be an awesome time. And we have Pastor Esther Greenwood, who will be sharing, and she'll be with us on all Sunday gatherings. So that's going to be a wonderful time. So that's great. Thank you for being purposed in your giving. Who enjoys giving? That's good. I enjoy giving too. Who enjoys receiving? Yeah, I like that one too. So that's good. So giving and receiving, both are good things to do. But God says it's more blessed to give. That's right. Isn't that good? It really, really is. So thank you for your generosity and the work that God is doing. Well, that's fantastic. It's my pleasure to invite Taj. Where are you, Taj? Taj is going to come and share a testimony of why she goes to a prayer gathering on Tuesdays. And also she's going to share a prophetic word with us. Thank you. 
Well, we're going to pass on the psalm today. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor Ray. Um, the run sheet said one minute, and <laughs> I laughed. Um, <laughs> have you ever seen me with a microphone? Yeah, don't give a teacher a microphone. <laughs> um, that's good. All right. So why do I come to Tuesday Night Prayer? Um, so last year, when we started Tuesday Night Prayer, I resisted. And it's not because I don't like praying. I love praying. I love talking to my father. I love prayer. But I have three children, and I have a husband who owns his own business um, and is not exactly reliable on time management. Um, and so it was not always guaranteed that he was going to be home. And if you know me, I think that if you're five minutes early, then you're already five minutes late. Um, I do not like to be late for anything. So I resisted coming to the prayer group. Um, but I finally decided late last year that I'd come regardless and I'd drag children kicking and screaming, but I would come. Thankfully, not a lot of kicking and screaming, except for maybe by me. Um, and so um, this year I've made the effort to come every Tuesday um, and I've often had my kids with me. I've even had my husband with me, so that's always good. Um, and even my beautiful 10-year-old daughter, who you might have seen when you were coming in, she's joined in and she's had time of worshipping, she's had time of praying and it's just fantastic. Um, when I think about group prayer, I kind of, pictures, um, I kind of think about when you're trying to create a whirlpool in a backyard swimming pool and you know, as a single individual person, you can get in the swimming pool and you can go round and round in circles and create this current. And you create a current, and there's a change in the current. There's, there's definitely things happening. But when you're trying to turn the other direction, it's not too hard. You can go the other direction. But then you add more people into your swimming pool, and you're all going in the same direction, and you're creating this amazing current. You try and go against that flow, and it's almost impossible. Um, and the more people you get in, then the stronger the current, and then basically you're just getting carried away with it. And that's what I think of as group prayer. So um, for those people that pray at home individually, please don't get me wrong, God totally hears the prayers of the individual. Um, you know, and it's awesome to talk to our Father, to have a relationship with God, have a relationship with anyone. You kind of need to talk to them. And so that is awesome. But when you come together with a single mind of thought and prayer, amazing things happen. And just within the church, things that are happening in this church at the moment, some of them you might not see, some of them know about, amazing things are happening in this church. And the more people that get on board, the more amazing or quicker, those things are going to happen. That's why I come to Tuesday night prayer. And on the subject of prayer, um, so I am blessed that I not only talk to God, but He talks to me. Um, and he, He'll talk to any of you, but some people just, they can hear a bit better than others, and that's cool. Um, and I don't know if you remember, but 42 weeks ago, and the reason I remember it's 42 weeks ago is because I looked it up, and also, if you're slightly late in your pregnancy, 42 weeks is the, um, a gestation of pregnancy. Um, so 42 weeks ago, 
God gave a word about waking up in the church and fighting. Yesterday, God gave another word, blessedly through me, um, and I asked the pastors and they said I could share it. So this is the word that God gave me yesterday. It's very much in line, but it's kind of like the next step. So, rise up and fight. The Lord of all creation is calling to you. He is beseeching you to join the battle. He is ready to equip you. He has all you need. He is all you need. But first you must step forward. You must join His army and you must rise up and fight. This fight is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of the devil. A war is raging all around you. It has been raging for years, but it is coming to a head. Choose this day whom you will serve. Be either hot or cold. You cannot have a foot in both camps to see which is better. The battle lines have been drawn. Rise up, take up the full armour of God and fight. At this time, many will fall away because of what God is doing. Stand firm. Be planted in the word and do not be swayed. Rise up and fight. God is going before you. He is clearing a path. He is in control. He will do this with or without you. But because He loves you so much, more than words can express, He is asking you to join Him in this mission, to be a game changer, to be a history maker. Rise up and fight the good fight. Step out with the sandals of peace and wield the sword of the Spirit like of the warrior God has called you to be. Guard yourself with faith and salvation, girded with truth and righteousness, and stand up and fight. Speak to mountains and they will move. Speak to towers of adversity and watch them crumble. Rise up and fight. Fight with prayer on your lips and the Word of God engraved in your heart. Fight. So that's what God gave me. Thank you, Tash. Isn't that wonderful? Really, really good. Well, let us stand to our feet as we continue with our worship. And uh, I realise I haven't showed the video, but um, why don't we stand to our feet as we watch the video. And um, this is on missions. And before it plays, I'm going to pray into missions. Father, I thank you that we stand, Lord, in your presence. Father, we stand as people of faith, saying we believe in you. And we do, Lord. We place our trust and belief and our hope and our expectation in Jesus. And Father, we pray for the city that, Lord, it would be touched by the gospel. It would be transformed and your people would fight a good fight. Lord, we wouldn't waver, we wouldn't be cowardice, but we would be filled with the courage, the love, the grace, the empowerment of your spirit. Because, Lord, in your spirit it's easy, but when we go by ourselves, that becomes a lot more challenging. So, Father, grace us, Lord, to be the blessing you've called us to be in this city. Bless this nation and prosper it. Lord, may it be filled with the Spirit of God. Father, we pray, defend New Zealand. Guard her. Watch over her. Lead her, I pray. Lord, we pray for, Lord, governmental leaders, both nationally and locally, Lord, that they will be filled with the Spirit and make wise decisions in Jesus' name. And Father, around the globe where there's conflicts and difficulties, <clears throat> we pray for your intervention, Lord. 
And Father, we pray, Lord, too, in the areas of missions that we support. And Lord, we watch this out of a sense of worship, Lord. We watch this out of a sense of gratitude and an appreciation for what you're doing, Lord, all around the world, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Isn't that a beautiful video? Kay's actually so beautiful and she's contributed so much to this church. And I know over there, she's making an incredible difference. So, um, you know, when you're in your week and stuff, pray for her. Um, yeah, but we're about to enter into a time of worship and I'm feeling really excited about what God's going to do. So I'm just going to pray and then we're going to worship. Thank you, Lord, that we can come together as a family today and worship your name. I thank you that we can take up the armor of God and that we can rise up in our worship. And I, I just pray that we would come to you and that there'd be a sense of peace and comfort in the atmosphere, Lord. And I thank you that you're here already. Lord, I thank you that you're going to do wonderful things.
shame, there's no no condemnation in your presence, Lord. Like the prodigal son, Lord, you sit there with open arms. If only we would turn and come back to you. And this morning we declare, Lord, a reconnection, redemption in this house this morning, Lord. Things that were put before you, we now put behind us and we are realigned this morning with you, Lord. Thank you for your grace and mercy, and we receive it. Thank you for your open arms, Lord. Praise you. Oh, the love of my Savior. Oh, the love of my King. Peaceful.
praise this morning. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy of my praise. Holy are you, Lord. Holy worthy are you, forever you. You're worthy of my Jesus, praise. Jesus, be lifted high. Lord, your name. I love so my heart to ourselves before you this morning without fear, without condemnation, without shame then sings my song then sings my soul my soul will sing Lord it will sing I command it to sing praises to you I command my soul to sing praises to you, Jesus. I command my natural being to lift you up and to praise you and to worship you and declare your goodness and declare your glory and your power and your majesty and your strength and your grace and your mercy and your kindness and your favour. I will sing of your goodness, your love, Why don't you choose now to open yourself before Jesus? You might like to lift your hands, whatever. Just open your heart. And how about Pastor Ray and Pastor Jan, Pastor Trevor, Pastor Rex? Would you like to just wander and bless people? Whoever, whoever the Spirit leads you to, just go and declare God's blessing over them. And if anything else comes to your mind, your heart, declare that over them in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for Mike. I bless them.
presence here now. Speak to us. Church, why don't we open our arms to receive this morning. Father God, I pray in this place this morning as we open ourselves. We give you time. We quieten ourselves. We give you time to speak to us, Lord. Would you speak to us, Lord, this morning? shift in God's agenda at the moment. What he's doing, what he's doing in us, what he's doing through us, uh, where I don't think he's taking us to any different place, but I think he's accelerating where he's taking us. And um, I've, I've had my world severely challenged in the last 10 days. And um, so I spent the last week on the road, most of it, um, well, the normal week, plus on the road, Papakura and Raglan and Christchurch, and I had Pastor Patrick with me, and I've never met an individual that can engage with someone they don't know and move from not knowing them to engaging and sharing the gospel in like under a minute. It just has seriously rocked my world, and I've thought, Sheridan, you've just got to change the way that you approach things. His antenna is on all the time for opportunity. And uh, I'm an introvert by nature, and sometimes I just like to live within myself. Uh, but it's no excuse. And um, it's really rocked my world. We, um, you know, there was a young girl in our, our gathering last Sunday night who we met in the mall when he was with Luke. Uh, my son, he was in the mall in Chartwell, and I met this young girl. They invited her to church last Sunday night. She gave her heart to Christ. It was fantastic. We were eating noodles in Papakura, and um, he walks through the door, and he, he, he sees the guy behind the counter, and before we even get there, he goes, oh, that guy's a, a bong head. <laughs> anyway, we strike up conversation with the guy behind the counter, and we was talking, we invited him to church, to the meeting that night. And then all of a sudden, Patrick goes to him, you smoke some drugs? He goes, yeah, every night. He goes, why do you do that? And the guy talks, and he was a bit standoffish, he he was a bit standoffish about church. He didn't really want to come. He believed in the universe. And anyway, we talked to him behind the counter and asked if we could pray for him. He wasn't too keen for that. He said, oh, no, my boss wouldn't like that at all. But then as we ate our noodle soup, he kept coming over to us and he kept serving us. And I just, I just see this as a grace on Patrick's life, actually. He comes over and he just keeps talking and asking if we want this or that or the other thing. And... and um, 
and he was nice. And then just as we finished, we said to him, would you like us to pray before you would go? And he said, actually, I really would. So I said, well, you just keep cleaning the table so that your boss doesn't get upset. He goes, he goes, oh, stuff the boss. And he just stands there and says, <laughs> pray for him in the middle of the restaurant. It was fantastic. Then after that meeting, we went to, to um, get something to eat late at night just to kind of unwind. And all the restaurants, there was nothing open, no kitchens open. So we, we went to Carl's Jr. And by this time, I really was in my introvert, trying to stay awake, just focus on myself mode. Totally missed the opportunity. All of a sudden, Patrick says, and he goes, he just says um, to me, uh, now's the right time. I said, what do you mean? And he goes, well, those three guys here. I said, are there three guys there? <laughs> oh, there are two. No, there's only two now. He said, the hostile one's gone. And so we're sitting there, he calls across, hey, boys, how you doing? These two island boys. And um, they go, oh, all right. And they're looking at him suspiciously, this crazy Irish dude. And, um, and he says, you guys go to church? And they come back. One says, oh, sometimes. The other one goes, oh, I used to. These two backslidden guys. Next thing, we're sitting with them, and they're recommitting their lives to Christ. <laughs> and it's rocked me. It really has. I thought, boy, you're so slack, Sheridan. Wherever, whenever, get your act together. Um, you know, you don't need to take a long time. It's such a easy, I noticed his opening line was, was always, do you go to church? I thought, what an easy opening line to engage with someone. They said no, you'd say, why not? If they said yes, you'd say, great. So simple. I mean, it is a gift on his life. It is a gift. There's a grace on his life, but there's no excuses there. Uh, for us, it was very, it, it was very encouraging. But I will say that I, run, I, I won the running. 2-1 to New Zealand in the running. He only bet me on one of them because he cheated. We were running Hagley Park and I decided there's no way I was losing the last one. And I took off. I just took off two, 200 metres too soon. And I'm 200 metres before the end and I think I'm going to vomit. <laughs> I just stopped. <laughs> but I managed to get going again before he caught up. You would have been proud of me, Wayne. You would have been proud. Yeah, yeah, you would have. Anyway. So there's, um, you know, there was a lot of prophetic last week. Patrick prophesied. His, his style is probably quite different from a lot of um, people we have through. In many cases, he was quite directive. Um, he really does carry a prophetic anointing on his life. But what I thought I'd do just for a couple of minutes this morning is to touch on what you do when someone prophesies over you. What do you do with it? How do you take it? How do you process it? And uh, it's not my message, but I just want to start there today. So number one, I think we need to understand that, um, from my point of view at least, prophetic is a divine invitation to partner with God. That's what the prophetic is. It's a divine invitation to partner with God. I had um, you know, a couple of conversations. Uh, so if it's been prophesied, it's going to happen. No. If it's been prophesied over your life and you choose to cooperate with God... Something will happen. And sometimes God will prophesy something here, actually, in order to get you here. It doesn't mean word for word it's going to happen, but it may do, just like it was prophesied. But it's actually an invitation to partner with God and to step in a direction. Now, if you prophesied over you that you're going to be a missionary, don't go out this week and buy tickets on a plane to wherever. Don't do that. You need to pray about it. 
You need to spend some time in prayer about it. Lord, what were you saying? What, what are you saying to me? You need to ask the question, does it line up with the Scripture? What does Scripture say about what was prophesied? And you also need to get some wise counsel, get some people around you and who you trust and who are wise, who are further along than you are in the journey with Jesus and say, well, this is what was prophesied. How would you approach that? What do you think God was saying? And then start to journey. You pointed in that direction. I can remember when Jan and I were fairly newly married and um, we had a guest ministry at the church in Christchurch and he came in and he prophesied over me that um, I would be in pastoral ministry, that I'd be a leader in the church. To which Jan responded, he's got the wrong wife. <laughs> Jan was wrong. Got the perfect wife. Yeah, perfect. Close enough too. And, 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 and um, so what do we do with that? Well, I knew internally that what he was saying was correct. So we start to align ourselves with the direction of the prophetic word. We decided that we would go to Bible college. Whether it ever ended up with us uh, being in pastoral ministry is actually beside the point. We decided we'd go to Bible college. It was not going to do us any harm, was it? And we would start to align ourselves with what God was saying over our lives and see what took place. You need some wise counsel around you to help make some of those decisions. I heard a, um, a couple of words that were bought that sounded a little harsh. And I went, ouch, that'll hurt. Um, sometimes God will do that just to get your attention. Some of it's style. I mean, he's a crazy Irishman, for goodness sake. But, 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 but some of it... Some of it is, is style, but some of it is God will sometimes insult you to get your attention because otherwise you just go, that's nice, and put it down. But if he, sometimes he can just grasp your attention by some, saying something that will offend you or will rock you emotionally, then you can go and start to process what is he actually saying. And I heard, I heard just one particular work, and, and I thought, boy, I hope the person doesn't take that as a rebuke, because it wasn't a rebuke. It was an invitation to partner, and it was an invitation for discovery. And I talked on the phone, with a, and they had taken it the right way. I was really pleased. But, um, you know, so there, anyway, there's some tips. There's some things that you can, um, if, if you're trying to process prophetic words, because if something's been spoken over, you need to do something with it. Don't just... You know, that never happened, or we move on to the next thing. Actually take the time and allow yourself to go on a journey with God. What was that about? What are you saying? Where are you taking? Which brings me to my message this morning. I've called it the invitation. What was the last invitation you received? Personally. What was the last invitation? Wedding? What was the last invitation you received? Baby shower. So receiving an invitation is great, but then what are you going to do with that invitation when you get it? It seems to me in today's world, three things happen. The typical response would be, I don't respond until absolutely the last moment because a better offer may come. Not looking at anyone in particular, I'll just look at the whole room. That's the typical response in today's culture, isn't it? Either that... Or the response is, I respond, and then I don't show. Or alternatively, I don't respond, and then I do show. 
That's kind of the three typical responses in, in today's world, sadly. It's, uh, they're all lousy. But um, in Luke chapter 14, it talks about an invitation and it talks about a response. And I'd like to go there this morning. It's Luke chapter 14, and I'm going to read from verse 15. Luke 14, reading from verse 15. Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I now have a wife, so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor and the crippled, the blind and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, There is still room for more. So his master said, Go out into the country lanes and look behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that my house will be or the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will even get the smallest taste of my banquet. I really sense that God's moving the church into a place where we need to respond to an invitation. I think the invitation is, will you live a purpose life? Well, it's part of the invitation. Will you live a purpose life or will you just mosey on through? But I get a sense in my spirit that's part of what he's doing at the moment. Let's take a look at the, the start of that scripture just quickly. Jesus replied with a story, a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. The culture of the day was an RSVP culture. The way the scripture's written, many had responded and said, yes, we'll be there. It says he sent it out, then when the meal was ready, he went for them. It, it was an RSVP culture, so we can just join the dots very easily and say that the invitations were sent out and many said, yes, I will be there. The invitation, what is the invitation? The invitation is salvation. The invitation is living a kingdom-focused life. That's what the invitation is. The scripture carries on and says, When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. I notice as I'm reading that, there's a gap in there. There's a gap between uh, the invitation being sent out, the banquet being prepared, and the guests being called in. The invitation is sent out for a response. It's like the gospel message is sent out. Then there's a response. The RSVPs come back. We'd say people get saved. People get born again. People receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The invitation for salvation, the invitation for connection with Jesus has been sent. And now there's an RSV that comes back. Yes, Lord. I receive that invitation. Yes, Lord. I'll make you Lord of my life. Yes. I'll become a disciple of Christ. Yes. That's the RSVP. And then there's the 
attending of the event. Well, this morning I would describe the attending of the event as living a life of discipleship or a life of kingdom focus or a life that is purposed. They're three different things. There's an invitation that we respond to. There's a response. And then there's what we do with the response. Where we go from there. The scripture carries on. But they all began making excuses. What, what drives excuses? Why did they start making excuses when they'd had such a, a generous offer, which they had responded to affirmatively, why now do they start making all sorts of excuses? What's the driver of those excuses? I think the drivers are a lack of gratitude. I think the drivers are laziness. I think the selfishness, pride, unwillingness, lack of purpose, lack of desire, or maybe even a change of values or a change of direction. There's many reasons that one starts making excuses. I've done it before today. I've said yes to an invitation, and then the day comes and I go, I just really don't want to go. End of story. How can I get out of this? You haven't, obviously, the way you're looking at me. You're as as pure as the day is long. Carries on. One said, I just bought a field, and and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. At best, that is a weak excuse. It's a very weak excuse. Who would buy a field without looking at it? Today's culture. Jan and I are considering having a change of address. Well, we're not going anywhere without looking at something first. Who goes and buys a field and doesn't look at it first? What a load of rubbish. Absolute rubbish. The next excuse is I've just bought, was it five pairs of oxen? Five pairs of oxen. I need to try them out. No one bought oxen without going and seeing how they ploughed first in the culture of the day. That's like you deciding you're going to buy a business and not doing any due diligence whatsoever. You just go, oh, I like the sign on that building, I'll take it. No due diligence. You don't look at anything. You don't try it out. You don't inspect the accounts. You don't look at what the, and learn. It's, it's a ridiculous excuse. And then the third excuse... You hear this one in the modern day church. I've got a wife now. I've just got married. I need to take a year out. Well, that's just as ridiculous. In the context of the day, the newly married couple, it's a military thing. It's a military picture. The the husband, because they all had to be in the military, he was given a year from traveling far off. But he wasn't excused from life in the community. That was just a a given. But he was given a year off from traveling far off into the distance. Probably most likely, I guess, the the reasoning was that I hoped they'd have a family in that year and at least there'd be a a heritage, a legacy that would be left behind. So so the the argument, again, was as weak as weak because it's talking about a local event. It's talking about a banquet. And he's talking about, I don't need to... Makes no sense. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I can't do that. Why can't you do that? Would you like to help with this? Would you like to serve in this area? No, no, I can't do that. I've just got married. I need a year out. What a load of garbage. Start the way you intend to carry on. Start the year you intend yeah, you know. You'll get me on one of my hobby horses there. And... 
I've written here, they were all rubbish excuses. <laughs> they were rubbish excuses. There's nothing. As a certain gentleman on my right-hand side, whom I know very well, has said to me many times, desire is king. You'll do what you want to do. You'll make any excuse you need to make to do what you want to do at the end of the day. The scripture carries on. The servant returned and told his master what they'd said, and he sent the master out. Let's just for a moment focus on the invitation. The context of the, the, the uh, story that Jesus is telling here as he's speaking to the Pharisees. And so the context is quite different to ours. He's sitting around a table talking. But the invitation's the same. The invitation is for a wedding banquet. That's the invitation that's issued to us as well. A wedding banquet. Revelations 19 says, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. That is all of us. That is every person who. Well, that, that invitation is, invi- is issued to every person. And when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we come into relationship with him. We say, thank you. That is the RSVP. But it's issued to every person. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. What's the invitation look like today? It looks like a cross. That's what the invitation looks like. It looks like a cross. It looks like an empty cross. Got Easter in a couple of weeks. It's an empty cross. It's a cross that Jesus hung on. It's a cross that Jesus was killed on. It's the cross that Jesus went to willingly in order to pay the price of mankind's wrongdoings so that we can be reconnected with the Father through Jesus. The invitation looks like a cross. So I've got a question this morning. Have you RSVP'd? Have you RSVP'd to his invitation? In other words, have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you come into relationship with him? Have you received the gift? In Romans chapter 10, it tells us if we um, confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he was raised from the dead, then we've we've RSVP'd. Can I ask you just to bow your heads just for a moment? Because if you haven't RSVP'd to his invitation this morning, right now, in fact, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And I'm going to ask you in just a moment to lift your hand. If today you're saying to Jesus, you're not saying it to me, you're saying it to him. He sent the invitation, not me. And in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand if this morning you're saying, Jesus, I accept your invitation. Today I RSVP. Today I say yes to to you. Today I say I receive the gift of knowing you, of walking with you that you issued when you hung on the cross. You could be making the decision for the first time this morning or perhaps you're here today but you've strayed significantly in your relationship with God. Well, today, it's an opportunity to get things back on the right track. It's that time, it's an opportunity again to step up into relationship with Him and say, Jesus, here's my RSVP again. 
I choose you. I'm saying yes to the invitation. This morning, if you're here and you know you need to do that, your heart probably beating, your hands might be sweating. It tends to be how the Holy Spirit stirs us sometimes. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. You're saying yes to Jesus. If that's you, if you know you need to do that this morning, can you lift your hand now just so I can acknowledge you? Make sure I see your hand, please. I'm going to assume, you can open your eyes, I'm going to assume that every person in this room has either responded to the invitation, you've done the RSVP, or you simply don't want to. That's all right. But I'm going to assume that you have. So once the RSVP has been sent back after the invitation, there's an event. There's something in the future that you've said, yes, I'm going to be part of that. Yes, I'm going to turn up. Yes, I'm going to show up. Yes, I'm going to be involved. Yes, I'm going to be committed to that. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster. They give you a, to give you a future and a hope. Galatians 2.20 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. That's the commitment you've just made when you responded to the RSVP. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I will live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Romans 12 says, So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Ephesians 2.10, which we've heard a few times this year. For you are God's masterpiece, or we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things He planned for us to do long ago. We said yes to the RSVP. Now the invitation is there. Come on, step into the life that you said yes to. I'm dead in Christ. It's a different world. It's like born again. I've died to self. I've been born again. That's what the term means. I died to myself. I desired, died to my own desires. And I said yes to the invitation. And a new life is going to flow from there. I'm born again. I've been saved. And what's that look like? Well, and perhaps in today's language, it looks like wherever, whenever, be like Jesus. We are kingdom people living kingdom purposed lives because we said yes to the RSVP. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, we are ambassadors of Christ, 24-7. We're ambassadors of Christ. We're representatives of the kingdom of God. Wherever we are and whenever we're there, we're representing the kingdom.
So I wonder what excuses you've made. Said yes to the RSVP. Now he says, fantastic. Disciple, have I got a life in store for you? Oh yeah, but uh, my career. I just got to get this sorted out. Oh, oh, my my family. I've just, you know, there's stuff going on in my family at the moment. I can't serve you now. I've got to get my family sorted out. I've got to get my family in order. You know, if you just got married a few months ago, got to stay at home for the wife, you know. Maybe you've just changed your focus completely. Maybe you've forgotten what you did when you said yes to the RSVP. When you said, no longer I, Christ. No longer I, but Christ in me. Maybe you've forgotten that when you were baptised, it was significant that, and it was symbolic that you died to yourself and you were raised a new creature, a new creation in Christ. And you said, Jesus, you've got my everything. I will follow you. I will follow you far. I will follow you close. I will follow you deep. I will follow you wide. Whatever you say, I will follow. What excuses have you made that Jesus has prepared the banquet table and he's saying, come on, now's the time. And you're a no-show. I believe God wants to touch our nation. With all my heart, I believe God wants to touch our nation. But He's got to start by touch. He's going to start by touching the church. And if the church doesn't show up, He'll go into the highways and the byways, and He'll look behind the hedges, and He'll look under the buildings and everywhere else, and He will just touch anybody who's willing. But I sense in my spirit that we're in a season where He's reminding the church of the invitation and saying, come on, church, stand up. I want revival to start by reviving the church. That's us. That's us. And as much as I'd like to send you out of here this morning, absolutely jubilant and on top of the world and praising Jesus, we're going to sing I Surrender All. And I'm asking you on behalf of heaven to repent. I'm not casting judgment. Don't hear that for a second. I'm not doing that. But I'm asking you on behalf of heaven to repent. Say, Jesus, I said yes to the RSVP. And somewhere between there and when you've said, come, I've got crowded in by the world. I've lost my focus. I've made excuses. But today... I'm reminded of the RSVP and today I'm saying, yes, Lord, here I am. Whatever it takes, whatever you ask, I want to be one sitting at your banquet table. Can we sing that song? Thanks. Oh, to Jesus, I surrender.
we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to come into your presence and respond to your most gracious invitation. Father, we thank you with joy. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to surrender all to Jesus. Father, I thank you that we don't do this by ourselves, but we do it with the grace and the favor of God. And so, Father, I pray for your grace to rest upon each one of us, the empowerment of your Holy Spirit to lift us above ourselves and our circumstances, that we would know we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So, Father, thank you for the opportunity to serve you. And as we go out into the world and to our places of work and serve in our communities and our homes and our neighborhoods, May we be like Jesus whenever, wherever, sharing your love and the grace and the kindness of God. Lord, may we respond, I pray to your promptings. And if we need to say, hey, why don't you come along to church? Can I pray with you? Fill us with boldness, fill us with courage. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Isn't that good? It's good to respond to God. Let's put our hands together and say thank you to Pastor Sheridan. Great. Very, very cool. So a few things to bring to mind. If you're visiting a guest with us this morning, we invite you to help yourself to a white pack at the end of the auditorium or also in uh, the foyer as well. And we'd love to catch up with you and help yourself to a free coffee at the Crossover Cafe. Last day to register for Girls' Day Out, so I encourage you to respond to that. That would be fantastic. And uh, mums and dads, please remember to collect your children. Uh, I know Tim and Jim's would be grateful for that. And uh, your children will have a take-home question for today as well. And if you would like prayer for anything, prayer for healing if you're not well, prayer for any matter, feel free to come forward and we'd love to pray with you. So God bless you. Enjoy coffee in the Crossover Cafe and have a great day. God bless.